0: episode of weaver state weekly a member of the big sky podcast network i am your host colby peterson we're going to be talking about volleyball today we had a couple of dubs up on campus this weekend so we're going to talk about it and here to join me to talk about that jessica oiler jessica thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us on weaver state weekly
1: absolutely excited to be here and talk about this awesome team
0: I'm a little bit jealous of you because you were at Swenson gym at club Swenson this weekend to see both of these wins one against Cal State Bakersfield in the first round of the NIVC. The second coming against conference foe Portland State, who last time we faced them in Portland did not go so well for the Wildcats, but they got redemption and ended up winning that match three to one, one, I would say pretty handily after the first set. And so I'm definitely jealous that you got to be in the gym for both of them because there was a lot of talk about people not showing up to postseason volleyball in Ogden, which, um, hasn't happened folks. First time ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Um, and you know, we had some uh, better attendance at the second game, uh, but to be able to host our first national tournament, uh, next year, I expect better of us in terms of the crowd size. There were a, you know, a good number of people there, but certainly didn't match the crowd that was there for the big sky championship.
0: Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about this because uh, like we said, a couple of dubs against these two teams, Um, good teams. I mean, obviously, like I said, the Wildcats ended up splitting with Portland state had not seen uh, Cal state Bakersfield before, obviously a team from the big West who had a a good record and um, ended up getting the dub for both. So let's start with that first match. Um, Actually, before I do that, I forgot all my normal stuff, which is we are going to I'm going to tell you what's on the show, folks. This is what's going to be on the show so on <laughs> today's show. We're going to talk about those two matches. And then at the end of this of the uh, of the analysis, I've got Waldo's Magic 8 Ball here with me, folks. And so we're going to get an opportunity to give Jessica a chance to. Give her predictions or ask questions of Waldo's Magic Eight Ball to kind of see what the future holds for the for the Wildcats down in Texas, where they'll be playing at least one match, maybe two, depending on how things go on Tuesday. Um, but before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the podcast or that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to get Weaver State Weekly right into your ears. We've changed the format of the show now. So if you're interested in listening to volleyball, you can do that. If you're interested in listening to men's basketball, you can listen to just a show about that. Or you, you want to hear about the women's hoops. Program, which uh, got a nice win this weekend at Portland State. The trifecta was completed and they did their part. Uh, you can listen to those. So, all broken up now for you to choose which sports you can be interested in, uh, but plenty of good content. So, find us on Apple podcast Spotify, or Stitcher. We're also on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Been posting some new video content. We got a, a news piece up over the weekend to talk about volleyball. And so, hope to do more of those as time goes on. And then we've got a blog. Um, I'm planning some interesting stuff for our Patreon supporters coming up, which will then be moved over to the blog. Um, so we'll be watching over there. But a lot of good things, a lot of production going on at Weber State Weekly right now. So looking forward to it. All right. Almost got ahead of myself there, Jessica. Now
1: we're all caught up. Good
0: to go. Now we're all caught up. Let's talk about the Cal State Bakersfield match because um, it was an interesting one. We were going to kind of see how the Wildcats responded. Obviously, the last match they had played was the loss in the Big Sky Conference Championship, which did not go their way. After going up two sets to one, the Wildcats ended up losing the conference championship in five sets. Um, not our favorite, not what we wanted. The Wildcats obviously wanted a, a Big Sky Championship, but moving on, um, Wildcats come out, and I, I would say that they they came out pretty strongly in the first set. I think they made a statement, um, but overall let's, let's talk about, I mean, statistics that stand out to you. I mean, like you said, you and I both watched both matches. You were at this match. The thing that stood out to me was the service aces, which of course it's a state folks. I mean, it was in effect and, and the Wildcats led the roadrunners eight service aces to one. I mean, Jessica, we've seen them do that over and over this season. And it was good to see them get back to winning ways. But I mean, was there anything different about the way that they were getting these aces because a different team, a different conference, same result.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, great to see. We had variety in how we got the service aces, of course. Um, And these teams were pretty interesting to watch in terms of how they adjusted to each other on the fly. You don't always see that, right. Especially in some of our sweeps during the season. Um, But a lot of times they get their hands on them um, and just wouldn't be able to control. And a lot of that's the speed of the ball coming over the net. Um, But good looking aces for sure. And definitely something, especially in this game where we were prepared for their serves whenever they came back over.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Definitely. Obviously, able. I mean, it was good to be home. Uh, we've heard Coach Jeremiah Larson talk about the difference in playing in other places, where maybe you know we talked about the altitude, uh, playing at places like Sacramento State, where the ball's a little bit flies a little bit differently, um, yeah. up at Northern Arizona, where you're at six thousand feet, and of course that the ball flies a little bit differently. But this one, like you said, yeah, the the Wildcats did seem to not only handle that well, eight aces to one, but also the digs. I mean, 44 to 46 digs, like just playing good defense. And I think that the the thing that's most interesting to me is that Rylan Adams leading Rylan Adams and Michaela Sorensen right there, you know, leading in the middle and in the back row and just kind of making sure that the ball stayed up in the air. Um, And like we said, coming out at the start of the match, setting the tone early 25 to 18 win in that first set. Like, okay, yeah, we're not the conference champions this year, but we're the regular season champs. And there's a reason for that.
1: Yeah, it was pretty dang great. Um, Rylan was all over the court um, that day in terms of she had more errors than she typically has in a game, but in terms of like just sheer touches, right? With more touches, I think you're more likely to have more errors. So she had great back row showing and front row showing. One of the things that I noticed was just the struggle that they had passing the ball. So as we progressed throughout, sometimes getting it back up to the net um, became a little bit of a challenge for us. And I, you know, I, th- I think some of that was we would have. Field watch how we were playing and would be able to adjust. So they'd be ready, you know, for the block that we had and get around. And so we just spent a lot of time trying to guess what they were doing to adjust to us. That sometimes our passes, it, it showed there that we weren't quite ready what they were throwing for us. Yeah,
0: um, I would say that uh, pass, passing did seem to be a little bit of a challenge in this one, uh, especially in those uh, in that third set where like you said, it felt like Bakersfield was getting smarter about the game yeah. plan that Weber state was executing against them. Like we said, 45 to, or I mean, 25 to 18 in the first set, then a little bit closer in the second set, right? 25 to 22. Yeah. Then the Roadrunners runners are there and they ended up winning the third set 25 to 22. And we started to go, uh Oh, like what, what's going on here? Are they, have they figured out the scheme Luckily they had not. And the Wildcats ended up winning 25, 21 in the fourth set to claim it. But, um, I did want to talk a little bit about, um, you mentioned the, the struggle with passing the ball. And so I wanted to ask, like, what was it about that third set? Like what was going on that was different from the previous two sets that was making it difficult for the Wildcats to stay in system?
1: I think a lot of it, and I was trying to pull up the stat real quick to look specifically, was in that set particularly, um, they had a lot of blocks on our kills. And so we were having to adjust relatively quickly to pick those up. um, And we, we lost a few points doing it that way. So I think it was just, you know, having to reset from the initial place that they had set. We just had some struggles picking the ball back up at that point is really what it looked like.
0: Yeah, because like uh just looking through here, attacking error, um a bad set, another attacking error. Um there were a number of like you said opportunities. There's there's an attacking error. So that's at least four points right there. Um yeah. there's a fifth attacking error. And so I think you're right that they had kind of figured out where they needed to be and how to position themselves to have a chance because I would say that Danny Nay and Rylan Adams, in spite of, you know, kind of the way things gone, they were, they were in this one yeah. and they were having, they were having a good, I would say it was a sort of a balanced attack, um, with, with this one where you look at it and you say, oh, okay, well, nobody's really blowing, blowing it up off the charts. Right. You look at the right. kills, 11 kills for Rylan Adams, 12 kills for Danny Nay, 10 kills for Emma Mangum, which was nice to see her have a really good game. Um, you know, it's like, ah, nobody's really jumping out, but you, and then you look on the other side, Brooke boy. So having a crazy game, 20 kills on four, you know, on 30 attempts that, uh, you know, just a, a hit percent is just off the charts. And so part of that is like, mm, okay, like, well, maybe they're having some issues there and they figure them out in the third set. But overall, I feel like they made the adjustment in the fourth set and they figured it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Brooke had a kill that would go straight to the middle back, and I think what you'd see throughout a lot of the season was uh, other teams would catch us with a tip over our block, right? So we'd have one heck of a block ready for them, the defense was ready, and sometimes they'd catch us off of our game. Well, I think this, uh, particularly against Bakersfield, we were ready for that, but... Brooke would hit <laughs> so hard right in the middle back and just, it seemed to catch us off guard quite a few times. And, you know, we were able to adjust just like they did, but we we lost quite a few points on those kills.
0: Yeah. I mean, she had a great, a great game and, you know, kudos to her on that. Um, she was swinging it well that day. Um, but I, but if you look at the stats on, you know, who else was getting points for the road runners um, I mean, not too many others, right. They had, they had, you know, Hannah Makanova with 12 kills and Haley McCluskey with 10. That's, that's really it. Like, and it's not even like onesie twosies. It's like Denver Pugh with three.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: uh, Yeah.
1: Brooke was a force to be reckoned
0: with all on her own. (laughs) She was, Uh, but you know, flipping it back over to the wildcats, it's interesting to me that, they were able to get into four Wildcats in double figures for kills, but they lost the overall kill battle because, you know, of kind of what we just talked about. I, I wondered, well, you already sort of addressed this, like what was it that was keeping the Wildcats from finding the floor more? You mentioned the block earlier, uh, the the roadrunners did end up winning the digs battle, you know, just, just slightly. they had two more digs than the Wildcats, but I mean, I wondered why, why weren't, why weren't the Wildcats able to find the floor more? They had success and ended up winning the game. But what was keeping them from finding the floor more and, and being... And we, have, we know we have a player that can get 20 kills in the game because she did it in the next match. Right. But what, what was kind of keeping the Wildcats back from that? Really just blowing it open and saying, no, nah, not against us.
1: Yeah, I think they had some incredible blocks and that kind of got in our head. Um, We saw Rylan tip a lot more in this game than she typically would. Um, We we didn't see the same amount of kills from Danny. And it's just they had some women with some height that were getting some very solid blocks. And I think that put us in a a little bit more, you know, took us off our game a little bit. We were a little bit more defensive and weren't coming in there quite as strong with those kills. I mean, we definitely got some solid ones and I don't want to talk crap on our women sure. that much but i sure. think we were just intimidated by the
0: block a little bit there yeah um the game the match kind of came down to two critical runs in set four that i noticed the first one was the wildcats were down like i think they were down five and it was early in the set uh, you know it was like 10-5 or something like this right yeah. The Wildcats end up going on a 5 0 run and then you're back in it, right? Because it was it looked very much at that point in time like, oh no, they're going to lose this set. Yes. And it's going to go to five. And then all bets are off in a five in a fifth set, right? Like is yeah. this is Northern Colorado all over again where you're up two to one. Or, you know, in that case, yeah, yeah. In the fourth set they were up two to one. And it's like, oh no. And then the Wildcats, you know, they find that grit and they say, no, 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 we're not doing it. They 5-0 run, get back in the match. And then a second 5-0 run, like I felt like these were these runs, which there weren't many of in this in this match. There weren't like a lot of these long extended runs. It was just sort of slowly building up. But then toward the end of the fourth set, the Wildcats go on one more critical run and they go. It's 5-0 again. And then they get up like 22 to or maybe I was like 22 to like 17 or something like that, or 22, uh, 18. Mm -hmm. And then that, that, that was it. Right. Like at that point it was like, oh yeah, they're getting out of the gym. I mean, what were the secrets to those runs? Cause I mean, you didn't really necessarily see them in some of the other sets, but in this one critical set, they're able to find two of those. I mean, what did you feel the secret was to that success?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it was strategic use of the timeout. I think we saw some great things after the timeout, both times we needed to take a pause and reset ourselves. I think it was after that first timeout. um, might've been whenever we had Ashlyn come in and do really well serving if I recall correctly. Um, and, and then we had Rylan Adams kind of come in with quite a few kills. We set her up really well and she came in and scored, but I think in both instances, what it, came in as is we gotta just need to take a pause for a minute and and you could even watch the coaches on the sideline, like they weren't necessarily even engaging in a whole lot of conversation at that point. It really looked like it was a moment to take a pause, take a deep breath, and we can go back out there. Um and and you could tell everybody in the crowd, I I remember at one time I was holding the hands of the two people beside me because it was getting so dang close there at the end. But I think it it just came down to taking a moment and breathing
0: yeah because like you said once the wildcats had made their run to get back into the match for a good a good chunk of the teens you know they're out there and it's it's sort of back and forth right going up a couple ah getting it back you know just sort of like a lot of tension there throughout that middle of the set right to say like okay who's gonna break this open and take the set luckily it was the wildcats going on that critical 5-0 run to go you know be the first team past 20 which Like uh, Mark DeYoung talked about in the broadcast and Brandon Garside, who who did an awesome job, by the way, this weekend. Those guys were just incredible. Um, But they mentioned that, you know, once you kind of hit that 20 mark, then you're kind of it's like the volleyball equivalent of the red zone. And it's like, okay, if you're the first to crack 20, things look good for you. Um, but you got to continue to sustain that, that progress. And the Wildcats did. Um, and yeah. I, I would say that the other big thing, and this is not a dig against Cal State Bakersfield, was uh, there were a lot of errors there sort of around that time. There were a lot, of, a lot of unforced errors on their side that cost them key points that kind of helped fuel that 5-0 run. Yeah. Like for example, if I pull it up right now, go back to the play by play in that fourth set late in the match. We've got the Wildcats tied or just just behind. It was it was tied, uh, they were just behind 17, 18, kill by Adams, and then an attacking error, then a bad set, then another attacking error. And yeah. by then the Wildcats are rolling, right? Then it's 20 to 18. Sam Sheese with a kill to go up 21, 28. 21 18, and then a service ace by Rylan Adams. And at that point, it's 22 18. Uh oh, like now right. this is this has gotten out of hand. But three of those points, you know, the, the three of those five points coming, because it's one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I had it wrong. It's actually a 6 0 run, technically, uh, to kind of close that match out. Mm-hmm. And three of the 50% of those points coming on errors from the roadrunners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it just, it all felt right there at the end. And I think it is, you know, we came back from the timeout, we had a lot of confidence and at the same time, um, roadrunners weren't necessarily ready for it and it closed it out, but definitely, It was anytime we get close to a fifth set, I started to get super anxious about it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because like we said, once you go to fifth set, you go to overtime, anything can happen because you've only got to make it to 15. And then the mark is the first to 10. If you hit 10, it's probably yours, right? And we saw that happen in the conference championship when the Bears were the first to go up to 10 and and the Wildcats were down and it was just like, it's just tough. There's not a lot of time. But the Wildcats close it out right there. 6-0 run wrap it up, put a bow on it and said, yeah. And then the thing that I liked the, the cherry on top, and then we'll move on to the ne- next match was right there at the very end. How do things end at the end of matches at a state? Well, they end with aces <laughs> Ashland power steps up, sends it across the net ace done out of the gym, right? Like what a fitting way to end this match.
1: Oh yeah. Totally agree.
0: Yeah. And then once again, like another another error, uh, the the Roadrunners gave the Wildcats their 24th point to make it match point on a service error after, you know, getting getting back into it, 21 to 23. So they were getting close, like, okay, we're 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 still not out of this service error kills all the momentum. Ashland Power sends her own ace on the other side. Done so the wildcats ended up advancing out of round one beating cal State Bakersfield three sets to one and then in the next set they had to face a familiar foe a uh, foe that we had seen twice already this season uh ended up seeing portland state now portland state was the best defensive team in the conference in a, in a lot of metrics coming into this one and the wildcats had lost on the road the last time they had seen the vikings uh losing in portland state i think uh, I, can't remember. I think it was three to one In that one. And so, yeah. And so it was just like, okay, how is this match going to go? Because when the Vikings came to Ogden, it didn't go so well for them. Of course, Wildcats with the home court advantage in Club Swenson. And so, um, first thing uh, I wanted to talk about was. Set one was a little bit rough, right? We didn't know what to expect. We knew that Portland state was a tough defensive team. They've got one of the best defensive players in the, in the, in the conference in um, uh, Ellie Snook who leads the conference and digs. Like she's just, she's a great player for them. And uh, they only scored the Wildcats only scored 16 points and let the, the Vikings kind of score off and, you know, But then the next three sets, the Wildcats just boom, boom, boom. They get rolling. Like, what was that shift going from out of system, struggling to play defense, uh, only scoring 16 points? The Vikings are scoring at will. They easily get to 25. And then set two came. Like, Jessica, like, what did you feel was the change in that in that series?
1: I think a lot of it was, you know, and I think you'll hear me talk about this a lot. It was a shift in our own confidence level. When you look at that first game, we lost a heck of a lot of points on errors and crazy errors. Like at one point we had somebody scoop the ball as opposed to hitting it whenever they were coming off the block. So we just weren't in the right headspace for whatever the reason was. And to tell you the truth, at the end of that game, I was super concerned because if we didn't pull ourselves out of it then you, you know it could have dire consequences obviously but we were able to take that experience kind of shake it off and then reset and you can kind of see whenever the gap gets that big i mean the girls kept playing the whole time but we we were down i think 16 is what we ended on that game so yeah we we even t- took some time at the end of the game to start resetting for that next game. And we came out so dang strong. Um, and I, I think it really was the, okay, go back to what we do best. This is our home. We know where we excel is on the service ace and the kill, you know, like just the team meshed a little bit better um, for those next three sets.
0: Yeah. Just going through and counting. I'm counting 10, um 11, 11 points given on errors in that set. So that's a really good chunk. You know, you're almost to 50% of the points you need to win the set, simply given away on errors, Um, whether that's service error, attacking error, you know, just whatever. And so I I hear what you're saying, where it's like a lot of mental mistakes, just kind of not playing wildcat volleyball, uh, taking care of what you can on your side of the net. And uh, just giving them an opportunity, the Vikings, to just cruise to a, a pretty easy win in the f- first set. So a little bit of concern. But then we we really saw folks come alive. And uh, one of those folks was Danny Nay uh, I, I I said, you know, in the notes I've got written, we saw Danny Nay return to MVP form in this one. She crushed 20 kills and landed four service aces. That second set forward, like it was on, man. And so oh my what, gosh. what changed for her?
1: she looked so good she was killing from both sides you could see her i mean when when she'd hit it across the net she's hitting it close to the um outline and could target where she was going. She just looked incredible after that. And and I think she had something to prove. I think part of it is, you know, they they came out, they knew they could do better against Portland State. They had done better. I think they didn't want a repeat of the last time that we played and once again, you know, just going back to where we started, this is our first national tournament and home court advantage, so I think they came out with something to prove and boy Danny Nay took the lead on that. She was incredible to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, just came out MVP form, right? Like this was mm-hmm. the player that won the 2021 conference player of the year right there. Um, led all all scores with 20 kills four service aces of her own. You know, there was a time when she was at the top or near the top of the country in service aces. Mm-hmm. And she showed that oh, yeah. every bit of it. And I think that you're right, that that was maybe somewhat contagious for the team that, that you know, that finding that confidence in the second set to be like, Oh, yeah. Because I would say that like it was a night and day, like they completely flipped the script. What what Portland State had done to Weber State in the first set is almost like the inverse of what they had done, what the Wildcats did to the Vikings in the second set going forward. Because it was like, no, we're not we're not playing like that. You're going to play our volleyball going forward. Right. And so they come back second set 25 to 13, just commanding. Yeah, And then and then follow that up with set three, 25 to 20. Right. Like, Nope. And then the fourth set 25, 23, but I would say it, it wasn't that close. It wasn't that close. Like people look at that and go, Oh, they barely won. And it's like, mm, no, they didn't. Uh, there were a lot of in basketball, we would call it, or football, we would call it garbage time where it's like, yeah, you got some points, but the Wildcats were already up by like four or five points at that point. So they're just trying to get to 25 right and so like yeah the the roadrunners get to 23 a little bit of stress there but it wasn't that close um i want to i want to talk a little bit about um, domination at the net because i feel like that was the difference between the first set and the subsequent three sets after that first set the wildcats established the block dominated the net they had two to the clip of they had 12 blocks to 4 They just established the block, said, no, you're not getting it back over on this side of the net. And for the most part, they didn't. I mean, Portland State's best player, uh, well, best scoring player was, um, I had the conference stats up here, but it was um, Michaela Lewis. And she had a good match, right? She had 16 kills in this match and hit 306. So it's not like she disappeared in this, but man, the Wildcats just kind of controlled the net going forward. And I wanted to ask you like what what was the difference in that? Like was it, it subbing a different player to give a different look? Like what did you feel made the difference for establishing that block from the second set off going on?
1: I I think we had some variety. Um so we even though Danny had a lot of kills we'd have Sam or Emma jump up and would catch him off guard. So I think we just played a bit more strategically moving forward. I mean, we definitely had some subs rotate throughout um, the game to keep it fresh. But we even though, you know, looking back on it, and I'm sure if they were to look at these stats, they'd be like, oh, my goodness. Um, You just never knew who was going to hit the ball. And I think when you've got three people rushing and you don't know who's coming, it, it threw them off almost every time. And I think that that's kind of. Uh, what, what really helped and we had a lot of people have touches so yeah. while danny did have 20 kills we still had sam and rylan up there uh, with nine and eight so it, it we spread out the love a little bit
0: there yeah i think you're right that the middle is kind of the the secret to success going forward because like you said you look at the kill numbers of course you mentioned sam she's with nine kills but then bailey bodily right there seven kills of her own and then emma mangum five kills but then you look at the other side and say, well, what about the block? You know, like 12 blocks in this one. And, you know, you look at there was only one solo block and it was actually by Ashlyn Power. Everything right. else was a blocking assist. Yeah, Everybody was kind of there together, working together. And Bailey Bodley, you know, led all uh, she led all Wildcats with four blocking assists. I'd have to check and see if she led everybody. Yeah, she led everybody with blocking assists at four. Nobody else was even close. The closest yes. was two. So it just felt like that, that group kind of got together and said, nope, not on our side of the net.
1: Yeah, it, it was just impressive. And it's impressive to see their different strategies with blocking and kills, right? It's just fun to see the team work together. And you could tell that they, you know, really were meshing in those final rounds. And I'm hoping um, that's if they play like they did uh, against Portland State, I think that they're going to do great against UTEP tomorrow um, because we, we just shown uh, those last few sets there. And I think the other thing that I noticed whenever I was looking at this, Bakersfield was an error-filled game, man. On both sides, we just had high error numbers overall. And when we played Portland State, once again, we kind of leveled out. I think we had over 20 and Bakersfield had over 20 in that game and, and this one we came back together. So I think it's getting our head in the game, going back to what we know best and you know, running that front is where, where we do great things.
0: Yeah, uh, a good point. That's what I was going to ask about. It felt like the Vikings... They would allow the Wildcats to build these leads because mm-hmm. of costly errors, right? Yeah. Um, like you, like you mentioned when it, when it came to errors. I mean, they had 21 attacking errors. They had two blocking errors. They had only one hitting error, and they had 11 receiving errors, right? Yeah, because and that and that directly corresponds to service aces, which the Wildcats had 11. Right. Yep. And so just, just lots of costly errors allowed the Wildcats to build up these leads fairly early on in the sets and kind of take control. Mm-hmm. And then that, that puts the Vikings on their heels because they're constantly playing from behind from that second set on.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think you're spot on. That's exactly what it looked like.
0: Um Last question I wanted to ask was, like I mentioned at the top, Portland State came in as the best defensive team in the big sky. They held opponents to an average hit percentage of 179. Wildcats swatted 311 in this one. We've talked about the defense and how the front was very, very good. Um, But, I mean, I look at Danny Nay's numbers and I say, okay, what did Danny Nay hit in this one? Um, Danny Nay hits 474. Bailey Bodley hits 467. Sam, she's hitting 818. Ashlyn Power hitting 500, just one of two, you know, but just, I mean, why were the Wildcats able to find so much success hitting the ball against Portland when so few other big sky teams had?
1: I th- I think it just was to have that many women prepared to hit, right? That that you could set up whoever looked ready in that point, and we had just some amazing looking kills. When Bailey came over the net a couple times, like no one was going to be able to connect with that ball. Um, Danny had some great looking ones, but you know it it just they set up the right person in the right moment. And I think having that many options up front is what really helped us. And whenever we were
0: utilizing uh, those women most effectively, that's where we could see it happen. Yeah. I felt like I was going to say that the passing was much, much better in this yeah. one, 48 assists in this yeah. one. Um, of course, Ashlyn power leading the way. That's her bread and butter. That's what she does. That's who she is but Michaela Swanson with 5, Kate Stanford with a couple of sets, even Riley Weiner had one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's just like the passing felt better. The offense had the opportunity to run the way it was supposed to and we know that the Wildcats have talented outside hitters and so once they got that opportunity to say okay, we're going to we're going to run the system the way that we want to run it. We're going to play our game. Lo and behold, when Wildcats play Wildcat volleyball, good things happen. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this one before we wrap it up, Jessica?
1: Nope. I think it was exciting to see. It was great to send them off this morning to go to Texas. And I'm excited to see what comes next.
0: Yeah, it was Wildcats third straight year winning a postseason match. They had had a good run in the NIVC in 2019, obviously beat Bowling Green in the NCAA tournament last year or earlier this year in the spring, and then won two matches in the NIVC again, now playing in the quarters against you, uh, University of Texas El Paso, UTEP. So let's go to our game, Jessica. We are. I went and got Waldo's Magic Eight Ball. Adam, uh, mail it to me out here in Nashville, and so uh, we're doing it. We're going to be playing Waldo's Magic Eight Ball. I've got three. um I, I kind of like three, three. I don't want to put it like scenarios or uh, like themes for your question. I guess is the way to put it. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity. To uh, ask your question, and we'll see what Wallace Magic April has to say about that. So, first one is going to be this. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had a question specifically about a player.
1: I do have a question about a player. Um, I want to know if in tomorrow's game, Danny will get five or
0: more service aces. Wow. F- I mean, five I'm or go, more services. Yeah, that is high. Right? Like she had four in the, in the match against Portland state. I mean, she's very talented at the service line. Uh, the, the Wildcats obviously served the ball really well. 11 service aces to one, I think is what it was. Um, and we know that she's got it in her. It's just a matter of how well UTEP plays defense. And when the Wildcats are serving the ball, well, good things happen. So will Danny Nay have five or more service aces in tomorrow's match against UTEP service says, Ooh, outlook, not so good. So maybe it's four, maybe it's just four, you know, I'm going
1: with four all the way. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: (laughs) It's just, it's just, just, that's what it is. Okay. So now I want to broaden the scope a little bit and say, Jessica, do you have a question about the team broadly for Waldo's magic eight ball?
1: Well, I, I think, um, you know that i am a huge arkansas razorbacks fan because that's where i did my undergrad and if weber state beats utep and arkansas beats umlv so i recognize them a couple scenarios out but i'm Mm -hmm. a a dreamer here Mm -hmm. so will weber state play the arkansas razorbacks in the next round
0: okay looking past utep to say okay could it happen Could it be cats versus hogs in the semifinals of the NIVC? Uh, The winner of that would go on to play for the championship of whoever comes out of the other side. Let's shake Waldo's Magic 8-Ball and get an answer. Oh, Waldo's Magic 8-Ball being coy tonight. Reply hazy. Try again. Maybe a little too far out there. Too many moving parts (laughs) in the future. Uh, Not giving us an answer on that one. So... Uh, last last uh, scenario or theme for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball tonight, Jessica. Wanted to get a question about the result. Obviously, we know what result we would like to see come out of Tuesday's match, um, but give you the opportunity. Uh, okay. Give a question about the result.
1: Yes. Will Weber State win? Tell the Magic 8-Ball not to give us any nonsense here.
0: <laughs> Shake it extra hard here <laughs> and say... Give us what we want. Will the Wildcats come out victorious against UTEP tomorrow night in El Paso shaking Waldo's magic eight bar as I see it. Yes. (laughs) So our coaxing works. Wildcats hoping to come out with the dub against UTEP tomorrow night. Uh, Looking forward to that. Yes. Super excited. Can't wait. Yeah, me neither. So. Like we mentioned, folks, I mean, it is postseason volleyball right now. Um, So really, this this is it. I mean, it's do or die. If if the Wildcats do not continue to win, they will go home. Um, Just put them on the plane this morning. Jessica, you were there to see them off uh, this morning at D. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Lucky her. Uh, And so tomorrow night, Tuesday, December 7th, NIVC quarterfinals. The Wildcats will take on UTEP. Uh, that's University of Texas El Paso. The match will be at their home in El Paso. I really, they're the Miners, aren't they? Isn't that their their mascot? Yep. Yeah, and so uh, we'll be taking on the Miners on their home floor, seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time. Yeah, uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus, and uh, we'll just see what happens. Should the Wildcats win, they will they w- they would advance to the semifinals of the NIVC and face one of U- the University of Nevada Las Vegas UNLV or your beloved Arkansas Razorbacks.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Well, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with me about some volleyball. These ladies have had quite a magical run this year, obviously not getting the result we wanted in the conference championship, but they have shown their grit in the NIVC this year and have put themselves in a position to play for a quarterfinals berth and maybe beyond. So uh, a little bit of, you know, we'll wrap up the show like I usually do. Email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all places where you can find us. We've got a Patreon account. Go to patreon.com slash Weber Weekly. And we've got a blog, weberstateweekly.com. Um, like I said, folks, been working on some new ideas, ways that we can expand the coverage of Weber State Weekly. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about that this weekend. And you will see, start to see those change soon. So Jessica, thanks so much. Want to wrap it up like I usually do? Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great, great. <laughs> Go Wildcats. <laughs>